podcast. Blow it out your ass. Hey guys, welcome to episode 4 of our podcast, which now has a name, which is PvP, which is Podcast versus Player. Uh, the players this week, as always, are myself, Cal, and that young man over there, which is Dan. He is the most interesting man in the world. Bonjour. Oh, French this week. I like it. Oui. Um, we haven't actually got any specific topics this week. What we do have, however, is a uh, strong will. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we're, we've got what we're calling game profiles, which is where we're just... Basically, tell you about our wonderful lives as gamers. But first, we have the news. This week's big news is um, Sony are to share release plans for the PS4 on uh, August 20th. Uh, this will happen at Gamescom, um, and I imagine it's obviously going to be the release date for the PS4. Uh, but what was interesting is. Uh, on the update on the uh, PlayStation blog, uh, the quote was, Sony's release plans for PlayStation 4, also concerning the PS3 and Vita. Um, I'd like to see this bundle that was rumoured um, not so long ago about possible PS4 and uh, Vita bundle. I can see why a lot of people would be interested in it, but I had a PSP, I've got no need nor want for a Vita. I think the biggest point of it is that you can continue... Like Sony have said it's mandatory um, to for the PS4 games to have Vita compatibility. So that's, that basically means that you can carry on playing on your Vita once you've turned your PS4 off. So scenario, which is probably what's most likely going to happen, is you go to the toilet, you sat down, <laughs> carry on playing on Killzone, finish up go back downstairs and carry on playing on your PS4. Yeah, um, but I mean, as long as it's mandatory to game developers to say there's got to be Vita compatibility with this, whatever the, you know, sort of, um, whatever that may be. Um, but if it's mandatory to have it to play certain games or have it for content of certain games and stuff like that, that's when it'll get a little bit, a little bit like, hmm, so we have to buy this in order to get the most out of things yet again. I, I, I do agree, but um, I think it's a better way to go rather than uh, now Microsoft have, have also revealed in this week's news that Connect isn't mandatory for the Xbox One. So basically, yet again, they've gone from saying Connect is mandatory, you need it to use the Xbox One, it won't work without it. And now they've gone back on themselves and said you don't need Connect. But yeah. the, the biggest hit on that is the fact that developers don't need to utilise any functions for Connect at all. So hopefully it should also um, adjust the price as well. Because if it's an option, not a uh, requirement, it should bring the console down. Yeah, um, how much it is, I, 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 I couldn't guess really. I could say it probably would bring it in line with the PS4, but. It's if they've got any sense, it would do exactly that. Because then people are going to be like, oh god, well now I don't know what to do. Because I was going to go for the PS4 because it was cheaper. Um, but now if they're the same price, now it's just like, well we've got to work out 
what what the merits are. It, it, for for I mean, I'm still sold on the PS4, even if they take it down to the exact same price. Yeah. But that's that's me having a good old think about it, rather than just sort of saying it's cheaper. Fuck it, I'll have that. So if they do drop it down, that's good because it means that they're sort of moving in the right direction. But it's still bad in the fact that they went there in the first place. So yeah. I mean, you, you know what we discussed earlier in uh, podcast three, I believe it was so the last one. Mm. Um, was basically that it, it is too little too late um, and my views really haven't changed on that at all even if they drop it to the exact same price um, and they say look you don't need to have the Connect 2 you know some people don't want it maybe they've actually done what they said they've done and actually listened to people and they said it's there as an option because some people want it for you know the dance and the fitness or you know they do want it for sort of the, the motion and video, uh, sorry voice control for the you know films and all that um, but it, it's, it's when you're sort of forcing accessories onto people that's when it's just like, well, you know, I, how about I just buy what I want to buy, and you don't worry about that. You know, you make the you make the option there, make it as good as you can, and people will buy it if they want it, but don't force it on people. That's what that's what got me. I think I didn't just because they had a new uh, a new Connect coming out for the Xbox One doesn't necessarily mean that I wanted it. Yeah. So to say that if you want the console, you have to have this as well, then that's not a decision for them really to make. You know, they've just sort of said well tough it you know you're going to have to deal with it but now if they're saying well you don't need it um, it will be an option but you can buy it at release with it if you want to why, then why would you buy it though if, if it's not mandatory for to use the Xbox then developers don't have to make any use for it at all so it's going to end up exactly the same as, as Xbox 360's Connect in the sense that the only games that really use it are Connect titles or the odd game like say uh, Mass Effect or something yeah and but that's fine though because there, there are only going to be certain people that want to do that and that's fine cater to the, the people who want that that certain product that's fine that's but, not innovation though that, that's no no not at all I mean they've odd. they've basically just sort of taken what they've already come up with rejigged it slightly made it more uh, you know more pinpoint accurate and it can do a lot more but it's still I know exactly what he means it's still the same product it's nothing new I mean if they'd have launched the Xbox One with Kinect and it wasn't available for the 360 then I think you'd be able to like wow okay now there's this whole like mm. um, brand new you know you don't need a controller you are the controller that's the big thing but the thing is though it's not a replacement for a controller that's and I, I think I think in part that's where they're sort of struggling because that's what they think it is but it's not yeah they think it's going to totally replace um, a, f- a physical controller and until we're in the stage where we're using hologram TVs and mobiles that are implanted into your eyes and ears and <laughs> we're not yeah, going to be yeah. playing games like that seriously and it's it, it's it works fine as a party game but um I'll be honest, something you might do when people come round once in a while. Yeah, it's. I mean, I had Fruit Ninja Connect for the uh, the Connect for the Xbox. Did you have a Fruit Ninja party though? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for that, but there there was quite a few instances where you know there be sort of three or four of us in the house, and we go, oh yeah, we'll get we'll get Fruit Ninja Connect on, and we just. But it wasn't because it was on the Connect; it was because it was Fruit Ninja, but on my TV. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it was, and you've, the fact you could flail around. And I mean, that, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, when Connect first come about, um, I was at my brother's in law house, and um, we were playing like on the on the sports and all that stuff, and it was it was a good laugh. But 
I didn't leave thinking, I'm going to have to go and get Kinect tomorrow. I left thinking, oh, it's basically yeah, it's like... Fine. It's fine like at week. someone else's house. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I do hope, going back to the Visa, I do hope they do a bundle. And it's a... To me, it's a position that says... Obviously, Vita hasn't sold very well, but they're still pretty adamant that it's it's a it's a worthy purchase. Um, sales would disagree, but um, as of the moment, it's a, it is the most powerful um, handheld console you can buy. And if you're going to get that for both PS4 and a, a Vita for like 400 quid, well, 500 pounds, say, um, the rumour was, and that's, that's a pretty good deal... But it's it's another thing that goes against Microsoft and the fact that they said they priced the Xbox One at the price they did because it was a much better hardware than uh, the PS4 when actually in fact it actually isn't. Uh, but that's that's no there. Well, the price was for the Kinect more than. The well, hardware. yeah, that that's what bumped it up. But they were saying like you're actually getting thousands upon thousands upon thousands worth of. Uh, equipment for for the price of the Xbox One, um, and if that is actually the case, then they're not going to lower the price because if it is tens of thousands pound like worth that much, they're already losing like nine hundred sixty thousand pounds <laughs> per console. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's I don't know. It, they still they're still not selling me in the case. They 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 don't seem to think that it's it's the console. Of choice at the moment, um, and for me personally, it isn't. But you know, that 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 was the first bit of the news, though. Um, what has excited me this week is uh, the brand new trailer for Thief, which everyone seems to think is copying Dishonored and uh, Assassin's Creed. When kind of the other way around, really. Yeah, that Thief. I mean, Thief came out in uh, nineteen ninety-eight, and that was quite a big while before. <laughs> Either of Dishonored. Uh, Dishonored is actually the developer said it is a homage to Thief. Um, yeah. We're big fans of the, of the game, but it's it's called Thief, but it's actually uh, I think it's Thief Four, Thief Five, I think. Um, and along with the trailer was a release date, which is February twenty fifth, twenty fourteen. It will be out on, um, ev- on on all consoles. It'll be on PS three, Xbox three sixty. Um, PS4, Xbox One, and I think possibly PC. I imagine it will because the the other ones was. Yeah. I like it. I like the look of it. Um. Um. Yeah. I mean, it looks fine. I mean, from what you just said there, though, I mean, a lot of people are just going to see it and go, "Well, it looks exactly like Dishonored." Though. Yeah. And they're right. It does. But the thing is, though, the concepts and the sort of the original story and all that was, you know, done well before. However, the look of it now, I look at it and that's what I see. It yeah. genuinely is. I just think, well, it looks like Dishonored. It's I, too much like I, it. I sat and watched it. Um, it's like two, two and a half minutes or something long, the trailer. Um, and I, I was impressed all the way through. It looked really, really good. But all the way through, all I could think was, everyone's just going to say this is copying Dishonored. And I actually got quite angry, because it's like... Yeah. Um, I, saying that, I, um, I, I went through the comments, on a few of the comments on YouTube... Um, and the amount of people that were just blatantly bashing it for copying Assassin's Creed and Dishonored and it's like Thief was like the original stealth them up 
Um, and that's yeah, but was it jumping between buildings and you know? Yeah, you could like you could scale, not to the degree of Assassin's Creed, because of actually limitation back in the day. Um, but you know, uh, I can't remember the name now. There was a thief for the first Xbox, um, and that took the jump to like third person, and that made it a bit more platformy, but it was still very stealth and orientated. But yeah. th- this. Stealth um, thief was always about just Garrett making a making a book, stealing, trying to get as much gold and uh, artifacts and whatnot as he can. Whereas this game seems to have an actual story that's playing out in the sense of he's trying to take back over the city, and I'm a bit apprehensive about that because obviously that's not like the other thief games. But I mean, I, I'm going to give it a go because I, I, I do quite like thief. Uh, yeah, I mean there might be a certain amount of adaptation for sort of like more of a modern market. Yeah, um, I, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I want people to to look into it and then find out that actually this thief has gone goes back a long way, uh, and we, we probably wouldn't have games like um, uh, Assassin's Creed and uh, Dishonored. We definitely wouldn't have Dishonored without Thief. And maybe to a degree, certain other stealth games. Um, but no, that like that that is out February twenty fifth, twenty fourteen. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, something that I have seen again this week that it just keeps on getting me. Like whenever I see it, I just get a little bit giddy. But it was the uh, GTA five online play. Oh yes! Oh my god! I'm gonna forget that. Yeah, it's just oh, I just get a little goosebumps whenever I see it. Because it just looks mental. It genuinely looks mental. We, uh, um, but I've uh, I've watched the uh, the trailer a couple of times now, and it is just sort of like just literally like because on uh, GTA 4 you had the whole free world. You could go in with a couple of mates and you just mooch about, play a bit of pool and darts, and drive around and genuinely just you know cause a bit of chaos. But now it's sort of giving you the entire open world again, but it's giving you a purpose within it rather than just a whole here's a sandbox yeah. knock yourself out it's saying right get you guys together you know um, rob some banks rob some, look at, uh, some liquor stores you know customise your guys go out take out other crews and that is just sort of that, that sort of GTA sandboxy kind of crazy violence sort of world that I, I to, be, to be honest I wasn't expecting but now that I've seen it I just think oh my god that's perfect that's exactly what I want to do and it looks amazing and I mean I know that you know Last of Us I can't stop going on about it as to how good it is but (laughs) I genuinely am in two minds now as to which of them is going to get my sort of game of the year I was just about to say after uh, I mean watching the first trailer uh, obviously we watched before we did a uh, podcast for Last of Us and I thought it looked really, really, really good. Um, GTA, I mean, it's GTA. I'm a big GTA fan. Um, but I just can't get my head around how good the online looked. And yeah. when when you think of an online game, an online mode that's been added to a single-player game, it's usually deathmatch, team, capture the flag, basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And when they when they tease this online video at the end of the first, the, well, the, the previous trailer you kind of thought this is going to be something quite big actually and you just yeah. see the jet go past and then it showed you all this and it's, it's 
excuse me. Um, uh, Rockstar was saying as well that the, they're going to be constantly updating the world. Yeah, to keep on working at it, keep on working at it. Basically, I mean, you're going to have people doing, like you say, robbing the liquor stores, robbing the banks, um, doing drag races, uh, buying apartments, going quadding, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. All this kind of stuff, paragliding and whatnot. Fourth grade uh, creation, all that sort of all the, Yeah, all that stuff. And you're, you're going to have the people just going around shooting and whatnot. But you're, you're also going to have the... I guarantee there'll be a fair handful of people that will literally just drive around and walk around as if it's a real world sort of thing. I mean, yeah. we've all done it on GTA where you've, you've stopped at the traffic lights and then you... You try to do the speed limit. You know. Yeah, indicate and just yeah. think, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll play it right. I'll that usually lasts for about ten minutes. Yeah, and then you, then you kill someone. It's like, oh, fucking get out of the way, you idiot. <laughs> but it's things like that that got me thinking that whilst you're doing, going about doing your business, whether it's on your own with your friends or whatever, you are going to have those people who are making up the rest of the world, and it's going to, it's just going to seem such a surreal place that it, it, it really could be like an actual. Yeah, not like to a compare the two kind of thing yeah it's like an actual world going on and you get home from work you get home from school or college or you know wherever you're going to go online and stuff's going to have happened and stuff will actually be happening when you get on there and I think it's going to be really good and I actually am going to officially retract Last of Us and replace see I'm, I'm not there no not at all simply for the fact that all over again seeing these trailers and I do not put stock in trailers I'm excited for it but I could <laughs> unlikely but I could still be disappointed by it by whatever the element is um, so un- until I physically played it and the thing is though I think it's going to go one of two ways because uh, Last of Us is going to have it for the story whereas GTA 5 is going to have it for the content so it's just, as to how much you can actually do on GTA 5 is what is going to settle it for me. If you can, just like you say, just log on, and then there is shit kicking off all over the place, and you just yeah. go, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to head down to the, uh, you know, down to a bar, and just go and play, play a bit of, you know, play some darts on my own for a bit, uh, without the risk of someone just walking in and just blowing you away. Or you just go, fuck it, I'm going to go drag racing today, and I'm just going to make this car, customise it all up, and then I'm going to just head in, head into town, see who's up for a drag race, and just do that. If that is what it's capable of, and you can literally just drop in and drop out and do whatever you want to, as well as have a really sort of good-looking, engaging, um, immersive first-player, uh, sorry, single-player storyline, that as a whole, I mean, even if the story won't be as sort of engaging as, as The Last of Us, if all of that is possible just within the one game, and then constantly be updated... That as a whole package, for the same price, is going to be that's going to sell it. it. It definitely is because okay. it just looks, it looks amazing. It looks too good to be true. To be honest, I, I see it and I just think that is how they're showing it. I don't think that's how I'm going to play it because there's no way that everything is going to go that smoothly. Mm. But then you think actually no, it's GTA Five. That's exactly what's going to happen. Everything is going to go to shit. You're just going to be <laughs> mooching about. And then all of a sudden, some dickhead in a helicopter is going to show up and just blow you away. And there's nothing you can do. So, simply for the online, oh, do you know what? It really could swing it. It really could. I, I, I think it will. I really think it will. And I was so adamant that it wouldn't as well. I was <laughs> so adamant. I was just like, no, 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 nothing's going to be Last of Us. 
but I think I'm going to have a lot more fun with GTA 5 but will I be, be you know sort of as emotionally involved and engaged I, I doubt it I doubt I'm going to care I, about the characters no, as much I as I don't think sort it's going to be Kelly and John. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as deep and emotional and whatnot as The Last of Us but in terms of they, in, to put it in a consumer way in terms of value for money yeah that's, it, that's what it, I was thinking yeah gonna, I mean I haven't even touched the online for Last of Us so, so have, that was like an unnecessary feature I, I have and it's, it's decent enough but I liked it in the same way I liked um Max Payne. It was a fun additional thing to do after you'd finished, but uh, I, I doubt I'll be going back to it again. So yeah, that was the news. As always, hugely professional, and Jeremy Paxman will be proud. Uh, yeah, relevant and in depth and not shit. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I'll be honest. We've been doing PvP now, uh, this episode four, and we've never actually gone into depth of who we are, um, what we do, what we like, what we don't like. So, whilst you guys listen to this podcast, we're going to go on to uh, matchmakers.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> personal ads, mate. Yeah, just let people know who we are. <laughs> what Right, so as we haven't really got any uh, set topics to talk about today, um, as we said earlier, we thought we might as well use this as a, a pretty good time for you to get to know us a little bit better, but also so we can sort of explore what we know about each other as well. So what we're going to do is going to ask a few questions just to sort of get the basics out of the way, and then me and Cal, we've both got a few questions we want to ask each other just to sort of give you an idea as to why we do what we do, why we like doing it, and hence why we're doing this podcast. Uh, so, the, uh, the the first three questions, which are going to be your sort of your basic ones, Cal, I'm going to start with you. So, Nate. Obviously, my name is Callum. <laughs> Excellent. Your age? Uh, 26. Excellent. And what consoles do you currently own? I currently own a PlayStation 3, uh, Xbox 360, Nintendo DS, Nintendo Wii, uh, PSP, PS2, PS1, and the GameCube. Nice. Nice selection. So, I shall reciprocate the questions. So, your name? My name is Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Callum. And what is your age? My age is also 26. Well done. You've made it this far. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> um, what current uh, consoles do you own? I currently own a PC, uh, I own a PSP, an Xbox 360, PS3, and I'm also going to include in that Digimon as well. Digimon. Digimon Digital rule. monsters. Digimon are the champions! <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Unless they're against Pokemon. <laughs> hey, we won't go there. Right, so my first question I'm going to ask is uh, similar, similar to the one that you've just asked me. However, it's going to be in a past tense. So, what consoles have you had, not including the ones you have at the moment? Oh, uh, not including the ones we've got. Yeah. 
Oh, Christ. Um, I've had a Atari ST. I've had an Amiga. Uh, Commodore 64. Uh, Mega Drive. Uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, original Game Boy. Uh, Game Boy Color. Uh, nice. Game Boy Advance. Um, da, 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 Nintendo 64. PS1. Sega Saturn. Sega Dreamcast. Original Xbox. Um, I think I, other than obviously the ones I currently own as well. Um, I think that's it. That's that's it. Jesus, you weren't joking. There's, that's pretty much everything that's ever been released in, yeah. in the Western market, anyway. I'll be honest, there's not there's not many um, I haven't had. Um, I've never had a Game Gear. Um, or did you have a GameCube? Did you say that? Sorry. Yeah, but I, you said I couldn't include it. Oh, right, you've already... Yeah, you've already yes, I've still got my GameCube. Yeah. Um, still prefer the game discs for the GameCube. I don't know why. There's just something cool. quite... Yeah, it's like nice and mini. I yeah. like it. And it stopped pirating. Well, I don't really care about that. <laughs> they just, just seemed futuristic, you know? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like a CD, but it's dead tiny instead. Mini discs, they were cool, man. Yeah. Um, so, yes, your first question... Of course, far away. Is your fondest gaming memory? Fondest gaming memory? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I think my the first one that sort of springs to mind, anyway, was when I was playing Metal Gear Solid, the very first Metal Gear Solid that I had uh, on the, the PS1, obviously. Um, and it was that bit when it's basically the very, very end of the game and you're on the back of the jeep that Meryl's uh, driving, yeah, yeah. shooting uh, everyone that's that's uh, that's chasing you. And uh, I remember... Oh, God, I must have been, like, what? Uh, like, 11 or 12? Something like that, when, when I was playing that, when it sort of come out. And um, I remember... It was, like, it was already late at night, right? I don't know why I can remember this so vividly, but I can. Um, and it was dead late at night. And I'd just got through the whole mission, and I, I'd i either died, or I think it was more along the lines of it, it crashed, and like the, the, the PS1, sorry, had just turned off. Um, and it was my bedtime, and I know that so, so vividly, I don't know why, but it was definitely my bedtime, and I had my mum and my dad moaning at me. And I went upstairs, and I remember I pleaded with my dad. I was just like, I'm at the end, I'm at the end, I've got to do it, I've got so far and it's all been lost. And he went, alright then. And I went back downstairs and I carried on and I did it and then they got in the snowmobile and they just left into the sunset. Oh, and, <laughs> oh, it was great, I love it. Aww. It's quite a nice it's quite a nice little memory, that one. Mainly yeah. for the fact that it's, it's not necessarily about the sort of the game itself, but about something that was actually attached to it. It was, it was quite nice. That was yeah. that was the finisher for Metal Gear for me, that was. That was quite nice. I like that. Mm. That, make, that makes the game even more special. Yeah, I agree. That is and a fucking ace game. It is. I fucking love it. But, uh, I shall go on to your next question. Yes. What is your gaming food of choice? Um, I don't Everyone's know, got one. I remember before we spoke about this, um, outside of podcast territory um, and I'd have to say uh, probably selection of cereals um, that I tend to consume 
while there's a cutscene on. Uh, <laughs> like, so we're just dead soggy up until. Yeah. Unless you're playing Metal Gear 4, obviously, in which case you can just eat an entire packet's worth. Yeah, I could get uh, through a few bowls while <laughs> waiting for Snake to finish smoking his cigarette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, cereal aside, I'd probably go with cheap co-op frazzles, uh, which are like bacon fry crisps. Yeah, I have a packet of those it's on my desk. Ah, uh, ridiculously tasty. Um yeah. Or, failing that, um, sometimes I'll actually be quite healthy and have a banana. Well, that's nice. I like that when you said a selection of cereal, I, I thought you were going to say like a selection of cheeses or a selection of pate, so it's like upper-class gaming, something like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I'd, I'd much rather have a packet, uh, a bowl of Golden Grahams than even <laughs> touch pate. Oh my god, Patty's amazing. Patty is disgusting. <laughs> oh, if I could eat a uh, a GameCube game covered in Patty, oh <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, Jamie Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, moving on from edible GameCube discs covered fish. in Patty or fish shit, as I like to call it. Oh yeah. Um. Your favourite game ever? Favourite game ever? Ever. Well, well, Jesus. Um, now, see, is that something like, as in, the one I've played the most? Or the one I've enjoyed the most? Obviously the one you've enjoyed the most. I've played a lot of games, a lot, that I can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really don't know. Actually, um, a better way to form the question, your favourite game on. where you found yourself, even whether it's during play, um, we haven't actually finished it yet, but like, say if, say if it was a really old game and you'd go to school and all you'd do, you'd think about it and you might like draw oh. some of the things in, in one of your books at school. Or so like something like that, like something that's proper like took over your life. Right, I'm with you. But in a good way. <laughs> um, as obscure as it's going to sound considering how many games I have both played and currently do play I'd say the best one out of the lot all, all things considered would be Star Trek Online that has to be the one I've never played a game that's actual physical gameplay. I mean, like Guitar Hero and stuff, I've put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of that into that, but it's mainly for the music more than anything. But with Star Trek Online, I've played that for about 240 hours. And uh, if people don't know what that is, it's a an MMO online, obviously Star Trek, uh, sorry, in the Star Trek universe. Um, you make your own ship, um, you have your own crew, train them up, you go on missions, there's all these different planets, species, there's so many people that play it, you customise your ship, you make, you know, there's a crafting system to make uh, equipment, you can make weapons, and and th- there's like all sort of little games that are sort of built into it, they do like, um, uh, like um, seasonal uh, events, like summer events and winter events, and you know, they make maps specifically for them. And it's just constantly being updated and improved on. And I've genuinely gone to work and just thought about, like, what, um, how my ship is going to be set up, what, 
like uh, equipment I'm going to have to kit it out with to do a certain mission. There's still missions on it now. I mean, obviously I'm like as high as rank as possible, and my ship is amazing. But there's still missions that I just cannot do because they're so hard, and you need to sort of have like that sort of camaraderie. And because I'd say probably 60-70% of the people on there are pretty big Star Trek nuts as it is. Everyone's dead nice. There's no sort of like that kind of like MMO, oh, noob, oh, like bell end, you fucked us all over, blah, blah, blah. There's a real sort of team play aspect to it, and everyone is willing to give you a hand, lend you stuff. Um, you, you know, they'll, they'll sort of give you hints as to how to do things, or they'll help you on missions that they can't do or have already done, so they've sort of taken a step back to give you a hand. And just the sort of the, the general overall experience, I, I've never sat down and played anything to that extent and and put that much time and effort not necessarily money I mean it, it is a, a monthly subscription thing as, as you know most MMOs are but you know I don't really buy any of the DLC that comes with it um, but if there is well when you pay for the subscription there's like a certain amount of the in-game currency that you do get back and then you can use that on other ships and upgrades and all that you know all that sort of stuff and, I, yeah, I mean, I have genuinely gone and, you know, sort of thought, I, I can't wait to get back and just keep on going at this mission or, like, making my shit better or trying to get this, this new skill set so I can go into different areas of space. And, it, yeah, it's just an all-consuming... In, in the way that I imagine it's similar for sort of, like, World of Warcraft players, you know, that it just becomes so obsessive. And I, apart from, apart from possibly something like Guitar Hero, but since I've got Rocksmith, I haven't even touched that. But I still would play Star Trek Online over anything else that I've got at the moment. And that is that is over The Last of Us, even over things like GTA V. I will still be updating it. I'll still be playing it. I'll still be paying for it. And I absolutely love it. And I I mean, I've got the Star Wars Online, and that was pants. Absolutely pants. I mean, it's failing at the moment. But the fact that it's free to play um, Star Trek Online as well, and you still basically have pretty much everything available to you. Um, it, but with the, if you if you do pay for it, there's certain things you do get access to. You get a slightly bigger um, inventory. I mean, the, the the potential for it as well, you know, to sort of like upgrade to things like um, you know have your own starbase and you know all that kind of really cool, cool stuff that comes from a really popular MMO. So I'm really hoping it does sort of get bigger and it grows and just becomes even better than it than it already is. But as for overall gameplay, fun, actual enjoyment, I love playing it. Star Trek Online has to be the number one. So it's a bit like Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Only in space. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's one of those sort of questions where it's just like, what's your favourite song? And it's just like, well, put some context on it, Paint you know. Saint of Lies and Fakes. Sorry? Patron Saint of Lies and Fakes. That's my favourite song. <laughs> All right, well, prove me wrong <laughs> straight away. <laughs> but for, for me, like, I, I just wouldn't be able to... It, it's, it, it would depend on what day you ask me, what time of the day, what I've been doing. It, it would differ every time. But Star Trek Online, the only thing that would uh, stay constant well, all the time. this isn't live, so if you do change your mind... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can sort of go back and change that. <laughs> um, okay, well, that was... Uh, a uh, pretty in-depth one but I think it's a pretty in-depth question so you know I think it had to be covered it's like an onion yeah it's just layers layers and layers and layers <laughs> so uh, question three for you out of this list is what is your favourite genre ooh um, I'd probably say RPG um, 
but not the likes of uh, Final Fantasy. I mean, I do like Final Fantasy, but um, I mean, today I've been like Mass Effects is considered an RPG, and um, it's more stuff like that, and like Knights of the Old Republic, and yeah, I class Cotter and um, Mass Effect. I personally, yeah, I'd say those are the epitome of an RPG for me. Yeah, That's what I base that on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, go back a few years, and it is the likes of. Um, like Fantasy Star and uh, like uh, Final Fantasy um, stuff like that but I'd say the closest thing especially like this week actually I've been playing uh, well replaying Zelda uh, Phantom Hourglass on the DS um, and I, I mean that's obviously it's an RPG but obviously puzzle elements and stuff as well yeah. um, but I do tend to find that, that RPGs hold a lot more of my time uh, I mean I can't I can't say how many times I've played um, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Uh, still really good games. and Mass Effect 1 and 2. Not a massive fan of 3, but was pretty decent. Um, and then other than that, really, it's, I I really like Uncharted and like The Last of Us and stuff. And I mean, obviously, they're not RPGs, but I'd say, obviously, they're more considered um, action platformy puzzle games I was going to say it's more of a platformer really but I mean there is still sort of like upgrading and you know sort of better and you skip so no, elements I, like that I, w- I wouldn't say there's any real RPG elements to it but other than the uh, RPG games I do really like those games but um, obviously if you put it into a genre it's just action platformer which you know there's not many that I really like so I'd, pro- I'd probably say RPG. I'd probably say that's my favourite. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick at RPG. And I know I'm going to regret it, and I'm going to look at some games later, and I'm going to go, ah, oh, I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, RPG. And to counter your question... <laughs> <laughs> How about you? <laughs> um, your favourite game character. Favourite game character? Uh, that's a pretty good question. Now, see, there's a few that sort of spring to mind straight away, like Snake, um, Solid Snake, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, see, I, I was sort of inclined to say Master Chief, but I'm really not that bothered as to sort of what he gets up to or anything. Like that. <laughs> After the last podcast, you are in no way allowed to say Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think of sort of the, the the big ones, really, and you know, it's to I don't know, then there's, there's people like Lara Croft and like Nathan Drake, sort of like those kind of adventurer, cool people. I'd say probably the one that I sort of was interested in the most as a character would be Shepard from, from Mass Effect. Like, yeah. because I think what got me about Shepard was the fact that it wasn't just like kind of like a you know like a last of us kind of thing that you mentioned before where it's just like you're just sort of following them through their story it was just like this is my shepherd he's going to be trained in how i want him to be he's going to talk how i want him to talk and he's going to be good or evil as i dictate so the fact that this character was just so badass and just had like the whole galaxy like rallied behind him and it's because of the decisions that i've made um but he's still such a kind of like relatable because it, it, you sort of make him relatable to yourself because he's just like well I think she's a dick I'm going to punch her in the face and he goes oh I can do that okay fair enough <laughs> so 
like I, I could really sort of like get behind that and like when Mass Effect 3 finished you can get behind punching women in the face <laughs> if they deserve it <laughs> <laughs> but um, like at the end of that it was a kind of like uh, it was just terrible but um, that sort of like oh you know you can save the world but you kill yourself and blah 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 but he's genuinely like one of the only characters that I, I sort of think I really want to see him in something else and I want to know what it's going to be about or if they were to make a film I'd want to know who is going to be cast as him I want to know how they're going to do it in the same sort of way that you know I mean obviously we sort of uh, formed the Uncharted Saviour League because you know there was going to be Mark Wahlberg as Nathan Drake and we just thought that was a terrible choice but then you see you know like uh, Timothy Oliphant who have been Hitman and the film as a film is fine as a Hitman film no it's shit yeah. But it was still sort of like Hitman as a character. You sort of think, yeah, I really want to know what you get up to. You know, I want to see what you're doing, which which is fine. But I still, I wasn't sort of as into kind of like uh, 47 well, as I am with... It's all very fine and good. And Agent 47 is quite an interesting character. But yeah. they they butchered him. He, he wasn't even a, like a clone. I don't know. I don't know what the hell that school thing was at the start. I don't oh, know. So no, but yeah. So you're going to go with? Yeah, Shepherd? I'm going to go with Shepard yeah. because he's I'm just Shepherd. a genuinely interesting kind of character. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say Shepard. That one's mine. Hmm. Definitely. Um, okay. So question four for yourself is going to be: What is your all-time favourite game? And that's through influence as to what's influenced you. You know, which one has had the most interest for you, which is the most enjoyable for you, you know, whichever you uh, choose. Oh, I actually have a small handful. Um, I'd, I'd, up there, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll some off and then I'm going to decide out of them which. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, one of them is Psychonauts, which was uh, a game by Tim Schafer, who. Um, the genius behind the games like um, Grim Fandango and stuff like that funny as hell um, genuinely a really good game um, using basically you were uh, you played a guy Garaz who was he's um, an orphan runs away from like the circus or something um, obviously I really love the games I can remember <laughs> yeah all those um, intricate details and he uh, basically goes to it's like a summer camp but it's for psychics um, and obviously he starts learning things and unravels some mysteries um, and obviously go on an adventure and stuff but it was really tightly knit platforming slash adventuring with uh, obviously psychic abilities but it was horrendously funny to the point <laughs> where you know it, sh- it could have made a really good film like a, like a kids film it was so good um, yeah. I really enjoyed it but um, even though it was widely acclaimed and really well received, uh, it didn't sell very well. Uh, it was like kind of, kind of an unknown. Even though they'd had big hits in the past, they were still relatively unknown, and so obviously it didn't get a lot of exposure. Um, but no, I don't say Psychonauts is up there. Um, no, it's El Republic, as we already said. Um, don't really need to. Go into detail on Knights of Republic. No, not at all. It's I think it is just one of those. You, you only need to say, like, the but no one goes, yeah, genius. Yeah, yeah, really good game. Not to be confused with confused with the old Republic, 
MMO. No, no, uh, hopefully not. But no, one and two. I'd probably sway more to two. I actually played two first, um, and then I played one. Um, but really, really good game. Um, obviously, Metal Gear series. Uh, really enjoyed them. Uncharted, Last of Us. Um, big fan of Bioshock, actually. But, going with it, and thinking about it pretty hard, I'm going to go with... Carter. Two. Two? Yeah. See, that's it's usually the other way around. People yeah. say they don't like two. But I don't know if that's people just sort of saying, oh, it's a sequel, it's not as good as the first one. But I remember two more vividly than I do one. But I preferred the characters from one, you know, sort of like Carlos and Bast- um, Bastilla. See, I, I I actually prefer two all over. Um, graphics were a little bit better. It, it controlled a lot tighter. Yeah, I prefer uh, the combat system in two. Um, it was basically the same, but they polished it up, and it worked really, really well. It was actually the first game that not made me cry, but made me that angry and upset that I could have done. Um, if you haven't finished Cut Two, to be fair, you shit. Um, <laughs> it's such an old game, but spoiler anyway. Um, where you—I uh, can't remember the name of the planet, but it's, it's the end of the game, and you go in after. Um, oh God, what's her name? Um, Freya. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so much better than you. <laughs> you are. This should this should have been your game. Oh. Um, but you've landed anyway. Oh, you've crashed. Sorry, and the Ebon Hawks died, died, and everyone in it's dead. And I actually stood trying to use false powers to raise the Ebon Hawk, <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't want them to die. And then, obviously, after a good twenty minutes of failing miserably, um, I stormed through then and literally slaughtered everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was just. I was that attached to them, um, and I'd actually just got um, uh, the uh, handmaiden to fall for me. No way! So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd put a lot of our man time into that. Um, <laughs> so no, yeah, cut a two favorite game. Favorite. That's that, yeah, that's a good call. I'll, I'll give you that one. That's a really good call. Um, going the opposite, your least favorite game. Bayonetta next. <laughs> See, I knew you was going to do that, so I actually merged two questions into. <laughs> um, as it reads, least favorite game slash least favorite game character. Right. Okay. Yeah. Game bayonetta. Simply for the fact, some people go mad for it, all that kind of over the top killing stuff. And if you're into it, I'm sure it's an absolutely great game, but. It's nonsensical. The music is terrible. There's no explanation as to what the hell you're supposed to be doing. What? She's got massive boobs. I don't care. (laughs) I really don't care. So is Lara Croft. That's fine. Go and play a bit of Tomb Raider. (laughs) But, like, I I played it, right? And, I mean, just so you you sort of get an idea of it, just in case, for whatever reason, you haven't decided to to go and play it. Like, the, the opening mission is, like, you're falling through the sky infinitely, apparently, Fighting someone, uh, you've got guns on your shoes for some reason. Um, you're just falling through the air. There's like these weird angel demon things trying to attack you. 
And then you went up in a graveyard with someone singing Fly Me to the Moon. And I'm just thinking, no one's told me what the fuck I'm doing yet. No one's told me, like, this is you. This is what you're doing. And it just winds me up. Because, I mean, that's the sort of market that, you know, they sort of love in Japan. Where it's just everything's like proper over-the-top crazy. You don't need to know about the story. No one really cares about it. It's just about how many combos you can get in in the next 20 seconds. And playing it, it frustrated me that so many people really liked it. (laughs) It genuinely did. Because it was just so bad. I just... I mean, this is obviously just my personal opinion, but it is, without a doubt, one of the worst games I've ever played, because it was just awful. Like, none of it made any sense whatsoever. I mean, logic in games, as I pretty much have... pretty sure I've covered before, and that's what I kind of like, in the sense that I don't like... Like, things like Skyrim as well. I mean, Skyrim is hugely beautiful, you know, massive world, so much detail to it. But you can shoot someone in the head with an arrow, and they don't care. That bugs me. That really bugs me. It's like, if you shot anyone in the, arrow, in, in the head with an arrow, <laughs> they're dead. If you shot anyone in the arrow with a head. <laughs> Either way round. Like, if you shot someone from a crossbow into an arrow, they're still going to die. It doesn't matter which way around you do it. So when you've got to unload, like, 60,000 bullets into a guy, or hit him 20,000 times with a sword... That's, that's, that's not just Skyrim, though. That's I, not just Skyrim. No, it's not. It's just that that is a terrible... That, sorry, that's, that's a perfect example of a, a, that ex- exact... Oh, I hate it. Like, it's when you shoot someone, and they go, Ugh, and just carry on. It's like, what? Yeah. No, you're, you're on the floor after that. I mean, I know that you, you, you know, they sort of need to, um, you know, sort of keep the game hard in, in the fact that, you know, you've got to sort of fight But a lot, a lot of games do use um, that you can get one-shot kill, but to stop it from getting harder, the AI's smarter, so they'll use cover yeah. and they'll flash I mean, as up. long as the, the rules that apply to them also apply to you. So if you get shot, you're on the floor. Max Payne 3, perfect example. Yeah. You shot people, and they really responded to whatever damage you did, as did you. You got shot in the head, regardless of whatever you were up to. You're out of it, straight away. Yeah. Bang. Game over. That's fine. That's, that's, that's a really good example of how it should be done. Or like, when you get things like military simulators, where if you get shot in the leg, you can't sprint up until someone comes and gets you. And I know that it's sort of like, you can kill a story in the sense that you know, you can be blasting through people and then all of a sudden you get shot in the leg and you're on the floor crawling around. But that's when you, you try and get better so that doesn't happen. So when you do blitz through a room and you don't even get shot, that's when you think, yeah, I'm really getting good at this now. That's what I want rather than, you know, 40,000 people trying to hit me like 99 nights. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like Anything like that just genuinely bugs me. As for character, though, um, I honestly thought you were going to say the, the the girl from Bayonet. <laughs> I don't even know what her name is. I'm, a, I'm actually not sure what her name is. No. Um, I really care. <laughs> no, I don't even want to Google it. That's how, at least, that's how little I care about it. Um, but yeah, game character that I don't like the most. Um, wow, <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, I, I'm just trying to think of like one that annoys me like more than anything but in a game that I like and it's just like you know when someone pops up and you go oh you fucking little <laughs> um, oh I've got it I know exactly who it is right I've uh, 
not put a huge amount of thought in this, so I'll probably be able to think of someone better later on. However, my least favourite character is that fucking reporter in Mass Effect, in the Mass Effect series, that uh, keeps uh, on showing up and, like, asking you questions, space. and, like, why have you done this, why have you done this? And, like, well, when in Mass Effect 2, when you just punch him in the face, yeah. that was, like, the best addition to a game ever. And then in 3, when you punch her again and she just dodges it, she just nutter. Oh! That was satisfying as fuck, that well, That's why Shepard's number one. Because they just, uh, yeah, he's the most irritating person. Someone's going to, after everything you've done, this person's still got the balls to show up and say, oh, well, you know, what about all these things you've done? And what about all this? And the people have a right to know. And he could just smack her in the face. That's <laughs> perfect. So that's the favourite character with the worst character. There, that's it. Case closed. Absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Wife beater Dan strikes again. <laughs> just, right. just to clarify Dan doesn't hit women <laughs> no I try not to only in games yeah that's when it's allowed <laughs> right so uh, question number five halfway through um, what do you see the future of gaming being uh, I see it being um, a progression uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much that's, that's how it's going to go. To be honest, um, uh, I actually think Microsoft, even with all the shit we gave them, well, not we gave them personally, but. Um, yeah, when it's Bill Gates. It's yeah. <laughs> when we rolled up to Bill's house with Jeremy. <laughs> Weird. So, um, I, I honestly think it's they, they were on the right track. Um, they went the wrong way about it, but. Um, I think the ninth generation, obviously after PS4 and Xbox One, um, I think that will be the start of the digital um, gaming uh, distribution, basically. Um, uh, I can still see Microsoft toying around with Xbox, uh, with Kinect, sorry. Um, but I can't see that getting any better in the ninth generation. But, as a whole, I honestly don't think it's going to be any different than it is now. Graphics are obviously going to be better. Um, the medium is going to change. There's a sense it's going to go from physical media to digital. Um, hopefully that means cheaper games in the long run, um, much in the same vein that Steam do. Um, but uh, gaming as a whole, I still think, for a good portion of the future, it's going to be sat in your chair, sat on your sofa, sat wherever, controller in hand, playing, um, well, playing the best games you can. Um, hopefully, we're going to see a bit more progression in terms of uh, innovation of games. Um, I don't really want to have a PS5 and be looking forward to Uncharted 10 or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to see some some new raw innovation um, and I'll be honest I don't think we're actually going to get all that um, different with the PS4 and Xbox One than w what we've got now sure it's going to be better but I, don't, I can't see there being any special genre created um, in the next gen but hope, hopefully there will be but uh, no I, I, see, I see the future is basically better graphics uh, digital only and other than that, exactly the same. Fair enough. 
Nah. Cynical. <laughs> no, I'd say it's pretty accurate. I mean, other than the sort of another attempt to try and push for more, you know, motion controlled rather than physical handheld controllers. Uh, um, actually, I'd, I'd, quite, I'd, I'd like to add, actually, I think it's going to vary on what the in thing is at the minute. Um, obviously, when Kinect came about uh, first time round, it was people saw it as, an, as kind of like an innovation to a degree, but basically they saw how well the Wii did and they just made that better. Um, and in the same sense that um, when, the, when the original Wii came out, that was it was innovation because it was something new, but yeah. at the same time it was basically going well, you know, for for all these uh, generations of consoles we've had control, we've gone from like the keyboard on the Amiga to the joypad of the uh, um, Xbox. So what can we do this time round? So they changed it, and then with the Wii U, obviously tablets were were a big thing. So they incorporated a, a tablet as a controller. So I think depending on where we are in terms of media, um, i.e. tablets, smartphones, uh, motion technology, etc., I can't see there being anything vastly new in terms of technology and gadgets enough yeah. to make them go, well, you know, that's a quite a good idea, so we'll incorporate that, much in the same way that PS4 will use Vita for second screen, uh, gaming as will the Xbox One use smart glass so basically they're all kind of like just jumping off each other and until one of them makes that, that jump which would have been Microsoft if they had stuck to the digital only um, but not digital only but bringing in the digital distribution yeah that would they would have been the, the forerunners for excuse me they would have been the forerunners for that but you know they they backtracked and fucked it, so it's going to be another generation of same old, but still looking forward to it. Though. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. I'll stick with it. <laughs> um, so yes, number five for you, sir, is your most hated missions slash levels in a game. So most hated missions. When you when you you're playing a game, especially if you're enjoying it, and then you you basically see your mission brief or you're told what. Um, what's happening and you go oh fuck no I'm not one of these um, is this like for one specific mission or any types of it could be any game any any multiple games uh, but basically a shared trait of a kind of mission Um, usually anything which is like anything that involves escorting some kind of AI yeah because usually they will go and get themselves killed and you have no control over it whatsoever. Like any kind of mission where it's just like, oh, quick, you need to get me to such and such a place. And you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? Why can't I? Oh, fine. So then you've got to just basically follow them and try and keep them out of as much trouble as possible when the AI is just so bad and they just keep running into walls or they just get stand up and just get shot in the head. And like anything that usually involves protecting AI or like having not not every game I mean there's, there's some instances where it's worked really well but having like some kind of an AI team that sort of follows you around because they're usually terrible I mean if it's like replaceable with normal people fair enough because 
you know, you can sort of get everything done much, much better. But, like, when you're just depending on the AI to try and sort you out, nine times out of ten is utterly... T- oh, it's so bad. But um, one specific level that springs to mind, not even in that sort of sense, but um, when I was playing uh, 007 Legends, <laughs> there was uh, a single level... They even counted it as a level where you're basically just... Um, like it, it, it's sort of on a ski slope, so you're going down skiing after this uh, th- this this woman that you're trying to protect, and it's it's kind of like on rails, which annoys me as well. I'd say probably on rails, like anything on rails, is kind of up there as well because it's just there's no freedom in it at all. And in this sort of like day and age of gaming, there's no reason to have anything on rails anymore. Everything should be user controlled. It's just cheap and lazy. But you're sort of on rails, skiing, shooting people. It's pretty pants. Slow motion, where it didn't really need it. And then you get to the end of the hill, or you fall over, or whatever the hell happens. And that's it. That's the mission over. And it's just like, what? That was like four minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> like, that was. You had to set that up as a separate mission, really. And it was just like, it was just so poorly planned out. And it was just like, you literally just go from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the mountain, done. Mi- end of mission. That's not it's as bad as it. So bad. Have you have you have you finished Absolution yet? No. Oh, I'll tell you, it doesn't. It's nothing to do with the. It won't ruin the story or anything. But there's actually a mission where all you do is walk in a shop and get a suit and leave. Oh, and that's the mission done. Next chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's just not on, is it? Do it as a cutscene. There's no need for it to be a level. <laughs> That's just reminded me, actually, of another section of another game. Um, it was for ex- the original. I can't even say Xbox One anymore. What? Clothes Shopper 2013. <laughs> yeah, it was um, on the original Xbox. Um, it was the Path of Neo from the Matrix. Oh God! I love that game. Right, I thought it was a dead good game. Just, just generally batting, battering people. Um, no. But there's there's one bit right where you're in the the house of the Merovingian, I think it was, and like there's that staircase where he fights like in the film in, in Matrix Reload, he fights like four or five different programs, and like he's getting knives off the wall and he kills them all, obviously. Um, but at the bottom of those staircases, there's some doors there, and like in one of the missions. Like, you, you go through a door, it goes to the loading screen, it loads, you come out of the door, you go into the door opposite, about four steps, and then that's the start of the next mission. And it's <laughs> like, what? What was the point of that? He's like, you just want me to cross the hallway, and then you want to go back into another load state. Why even bother? Like you say, you put it in a cutscene, or don't even have it in there. It's just completely unnecessary. Like, any sort of, like, tiny, short stupid little levels that have almost been thrown in as like an afterthought I really can't stand them really can't brilliant <laughs> right we should move yes. on to number six um, number six why do you class yourself as a hardcore gamer rather than a casual gamer um because it sounds better <laughs> <laughs> no um I'd probably say um, in all fairness, I wouldn't class myself as a hardcore in the sense of 
the likes of people like like you said, right? Star, uh, you know, Star Trek MMO and the Warcraft MMO and whatnot. Not hardcore in that sense, but um, it's more passion than anything else. Um, I love games. Um, I love playing games. I love getting engrossed in games. I'd, I don't really read, which is quite weird because um, I've got two books out that I've wrote, which is quite <laughs> bizarre that I don't really read anything. Um, other than comics, but they're not really books. Um, <laughs> but yeah. gaming, they are. That's my books. I love the stories, and I love to get engrossed, and I like to to get a, an attachment to characters and feel some kind of emotion when something happens to them, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Um, and I think it's because of the the grade of passion that I do have for gaming that a lot of nitp- really, really nitpicky type things annoy me in games um, where I'm enjoying a game really, really, really... Hey, that makes no sense. Pause. No, I know where you were going to go, but <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Um, to where I'm like really enjoying a game and then something happens, whether it's... Um, there's actually a bit on The Last of Us and we went through it on the on the episode 2 of PvP um, where we, we spoke about the water effects in The Last of Us and that yeah. didn't bother me as much as it bothered uh, you but what did bother me was the times where I'd go to walk and Ellie or Tess or whoever I was with would be in my way and I'd walk into them and they wouldn't move and it's like yeah. that's just killed the immersion there for me and yeah. it's little things like that that really frustrate me um, but in the same sense it's I, I mentioned before Mario 64 and the, obviously on the Nintendo 64 when I first played that I was in awe it was a massive beautiful colourful game that it was seemed everything seemed really limitless and obviously you go back and play it now and it's not quite got the same magic but um, I know a lot of people would, would, would have played it and yeah they'd have liked it and they'd have been enjoyed it but that was it next game where I solidly played it I'd got all 120 stars and still carried on playing it and when I fired at myself out the cannon after finishing the game and getting the stars I fired myself out the ca- cannon on top of the castle and met Yoshi and he was like that's Yoshi <laughs> and you know, it's, it's just little things like that that really appease to my my nerdy side, really. Where them kind of things really wouldn't bother a lot of casual gamers. And um, I also I think my intolerance for stuff like Connect as well, where Connect games aren't they're not they they are like for casual gamers, um, and a lot of people ca- cast off the Wii. Is a casual console when it has got it has got quite a lot of deep hardcore games, obviously not as much as uh, PS3 or Xbox 360, but it has got a select few. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'd say that's really it. To be honest, I would, uh, I'm not hardcore in the sense that I'll go and rack up like 3,000 hours on World of Warcraft, but I'll put equally amount at the same time into literally getting every last bit of enjoyment out of a game as I can um, it's more of a heavy passion then really isn't it more of yeah, a, I, I, yeah a say I'm a heavy gamer 
Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a fair analogy. <laughs> um, and on that, I'd say your favourite console ever. Favourite console ever. I'd say it's got to be the original Xbox. Mm. Simply for the fact that that sort of opened my eyes, really, to the potential uh, of games. I mean, things like, you know, because I mean, you've, you've mentioned you had an Amiga and, you know, a Mega Drive, and so did I. I had an Amiga and everything was on a floppy disk. And this is, that it just seemed like that, that it was almost like sort of like IT students that was kind of knocking all this stuff together. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it was fun, and, you know, that you could still sort of get a few good hours out of them. But, you know, there wasn't anything really sort of like too invested in it. Uh, obviously, there are, there are sort of examples that I won't go into. Um, but for, for the original Xbox, it was just kind of a slight... Although, obviously, the, the I had uh, a PlayStation 1. Well, no, not a PlayStation 1, a original PlayStation, the first PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, there was titles on there, you know, your Metal Gears and your Final Fantasies, um, you, you know, and that kind of stuff, which, which really kind of started a lot of franchises. Um, and they, they were really good, but personally for me it, it wasn't until I went out and bought I think it's because I bought it myself as well that was like the first console I actually went out and I worked for and I yeah. bought it and I had um, oh Christ what did I buy um, I only got something stupid like a wrestling game a golfing game and then I got Halo 2 um, no was it Halo 2 no it must have been Halo 1 sorry um, and that was just like oh my god this is like it's it's gone from sort of like B movies, you know, sort of like, you know, sort of half decent budgets and you know some people you might have seen on reality shows. B movie. To sort of like you, you know, it's it's kind of really stepped up for me now. It's just like wow, this they're actually spending a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort in making these games now, and it's you know it's not just like any idiot can just sort of put uh, some coding together and, and and knock a game out of it. Cram it into a radiator. It's yeah. <laughs> it's it, it sort of really turning into, um, I mean, things like, uh, oh, excuse me, cut that out as a bit. <clears throat> um, but but one of the the, the sort of, the, apart from the sort of the original Halos, which obviously really made um, the Xbox Live experience, which is, that was, I think that was partly it, the fact that you could sort of, um, you could play it online with your mates, and that was, I mean, th- there was elements of it in, you know, other sort of consoles, but that was the first one that I owned where I just thought I don't have to have people around to sort of play games with them yeah and that was a really really nice um, kind of new addition to, to, to gaming where I thought you know this is something that's only going to keep on getting developed there's going to be more money pumped into this and obviously that's exactly what has happened you know it's turned into this huge mainstream billion dollar industry um, but the, there were games on there that were that were just so sort of refreshing, like Conquer, like Conquer um, Live and Reloaded. I mean, I know it's an N64 game, but I never played it on the N64, and I played the reboot on, on the original Xbox. And that was, it was just so funny, and the graphics were so good, and it was really, you know, the controls were really clever, and there was all this crazy stuff you could do. And that was the one that sort of really, I mean, I, mean, I was just sort of like, you know, your Game Boys and your Amigas and Mega Drives. I just had those because... You know, I'm not a very sociable person um, at the best of times. So I don't <laughs> want to go out and, you know, go clubbing and whatever. So I sort of like to keep to myself, and that was that was the way I sort of like to keep myself occupied. And then when I got the uh, the original Xbox, that's 
yeah, that that was really what sort of like, and obviously like things like Knights of the Old Republic. Um, yeah, which was uh, I, I, well that and um, yeah, number two was on that as well, wasn't it? Yeah, um, they were both on PC first. But. Oh right, yeah. Well, I mean, um, it, it, it was just that kind of that that feeling that I got from it was unlike anything else that I actually um, that I uh, that I got from any of the other ones that I've consequently bought or um, had before that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd say that the, the the first Xbox that's what really uh, that's what really settled me on uh, what I want to really do as a, as a proper sort of hobby. Hmm. Um, right. Okay. What we got for yes. number seven? Um, if you could design a game, where would you draw your inspiration from? And what would it be about? Now, my friend Phil and I had already made this game. Well, we hadn't made this game, but we'd come up with an idea. Um, and basically, you are um, like a climber, giving up like, like Mount Everest and stuff. Um, and it's like a, like a kind of like a simulation game, but with action elements in. Um, so basically climbing up Mount Everest or some other mountain um, and you have to basically you have to survive as you as you're going up and obviously you have to stop and make camp and um, obviously you need to keep warm and stuff yeah um, and basically it's there's no if you if you die you die there's no save points or anything um, it's if you make it to the top success and a helicopter will come and get you, and then you, you've done it. Well done. Move on to the next mountain. If you die, you <laughs> die. You start again. <laughs> and um, we had, we had a whole thing into it where obviously you'd have um, like a stamina meter and health and hunger and warmth, etc. Um, and it it <laughs> it was a very complex game, um, and. Obviously, if, if you were if you were hungry, you couldn't really climb very far. Um, but you couldn't go to sleep because you know you'd be too cold because you know you're too hungry. So um, you'd have to eat. You'd have to like start fires and stuff. Um, so basically, um, what I like to call it never had a name. So um, I shall call it ridiculously. Challenging mountain climbing survival edition extreme now available on. <laughs> well, I uh, I have to say that that does actually sound like one of the most boring games I've ever heard of. Yeah, I never. He's just walking up the mountain for hours on end. I never said it was going to be like you're uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> However, well, I did decide. Um, would make a good game is Arrow um, the TV show and it's basically a mixture of um, Batman Arkham City um, Hitman um, but obviously he plays Arrow and yeah I always thought Arrow would make a good game like a good game um, but now I'm sticking with my mountain because I put a lot we put a lot of thought and effort into it and you know, it's not going to sell millions, but you know, there's there's a four people that will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that is my uh, game. Um, Jeremy Paxman that's actually on his way to Rockstar now. 
Um, yeah, I can tell you how that means. Details. <laughs> he seems pretty positive about it. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Um, <laughs> he, said, he said if they say yeah, he's going to come back in a blimp, so... <laughs> We'll just keep looking out the window and yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out. Um, whilst we're waiting for that, though, um, <laughs> your question number seven: your most wished for franchise to be turned into a game. What? So, like your most—I don't know. Say <laughs> only fours and horses. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So, what would I like to see? Turned into yeah, a game. Yeah, franchise would you like to be turned into a game that hasn't obviously already been turned into a game? Um, I would like to see. Uh, I mean, I know there's sort of, you, you know, your guitar heroes and uh, rock band and all that sort of stuff where you can play um, certain metal songs. Um, and then there's things like Brutal Legend with um, Jack Black, um, you know, uh, Eddie, sort of. Do you, know who, do you know who wrote that? Who wrote what? Brutal Legend. Um, I'm pretty sure it says on the box, I can't remember. Tim Schafer, the guy who wrote Psychonauts. <laughs> really? No way. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an awesome game. It's like this really, really good soundtrack, obviously. But it was just... It's just got kind of got like all those sort of like... Little in-metal jokes. You know, it's like all the, the sort of the guys that you help. You know, like some of them are roadies. And then some of them are like moshers. And it was just a really cool sort of funny, but almost private kind of joke game. Um, but it, it's really, really um, rare that you, you sort of see metal introduced in in a, in a kind of like a non-musical kind of way. But um, as, a, as a sort of a franchise, as a name, I'd, I'd like to see um, Iron Maiden. Like, well, they're pretty much like my favourite band, so I would like to see like an Iron Maiden rock band or an Iron Maiden uh, rocksmith set list or something like that. I think that would be for me. That would be a winner. I'd definitely buy that. Whatever it was for, um, they did have a, a, an Iron Maiden game years ago called like the Ed Hunter or something. It's like this kind of like shoot 'em game, but it was pants. Um, but I, I, I definitely think like sort of bringing them into like their own little like because obviously Guitar Hero did it with ACDC and Metallica and uh, Aerosmith and uh, Van Halen, but. Not necessarily guitar hero because I've kind of gone off them, but if they did like because obviously rock uh, rock band did um, uh, the Beatles um, and that was I, I got that I really liked that. Oh wait a minute, did they do the ACDC one? Can't remember. But if if uh, rock band or Rocksmith were to, to sort of like introduce an Iron Maiden uh, kind of set list or just a whole game just dedicated to their music, that would be I'd I'd really really like to see that. I think that would be a franchise I'd like to see turn into a game that I could then interact with um, mainly because like wh- whenever I see a movie of like a new blockbuster or whatever there's usually a game that follows anyway like whether it's an arcade game or a mobile game or you know if it does t- actually turn into like a proper console game usually one way or another there's, there's something for it to, to sort of uh, sorry there's, there's something that comes out of it but yeah Maiden do- doesn't really uh, I mean they don't really sort of go for much sort of advertising anyway they don't really you don't see them or hear their music on absolutely everything like you do with like sort of top 40 bands if you want to call them bands um, but like anyone who's sort of in the charts you know you hear them absolutely everywhere they get a run for about 5 years and then you know you never really hear from them again but Iron Maiden have been going since like the early 70s and they're still going strong they're still touring but 
they don't have a game. They don't have a game, and I want a game from them. That's what I want. I want to. I want to be able to enjoy them. That's what I want. Physically, I want to be able to physically enjoy them. <laughs> uh, right, okay, so <laughs> um, question eight for you. Uh, what have you been playing recently? Ah, recently. Yes. Um, most recent would have been uh, this morning. <laughs> um, no, most recent. Um, I got a handful, I must say, um, but dabbling in some old DS games uh, last last few days. Um, but this morning, I played Zelda Phantom Hourglass, uh, Pokemon Black, um, Professor Layton and the Curious Village. Oh, yeah. Um, and my new favourite TV show... Um, went out and found the game for it, uh, which is Adventure Time, um, which is called Adventure Time. Hey, I think, why'd you steal our garbage? <laughs> um, it's pretty funny, I must say. Uh, it's just like the cartoon, but actually not quite as good. But uh, yeah. in terms of actual power console I shall call it um, I was playing Killzone 3 yesterday um, good yeah nice yeah it's been a while um, after we were speaking about it on um, episode 3 um, I thought I'd pick, uh, stick it back on give it another blast um, still awesome actually played it in 3D uh, amazing isn't it which is the first time I've played a game in 3D for about a year <laughs> Um, but I remembered it being really, really good in 3D, so decided to stick the old glasses on and play that. But no, um, mostly uh, DS games, but um, Killzone 3 last night. Um, and I shall be playing Adventure Time again um, later on. Nice. So yes, they are my l- latest games. Um a similar question to what uh, you asked earlier, just your view on the state of today's consoles. On the whole, they've kind of petered off. Um, I mean, I remember when I got the uh, the 360, uh, there wasn't a huge amount for it, as far as I can remember anyway. Sort of, you know, sort of like absolutely blockbuster uh, sort of titles mm. um, but th- there's been a lot of sort of ups and downs um, but I think rather than the actual hardware or the, the, the changes that have been made you know any sort of like um, updates or uh, home screen changes or anything like that um, any accessories it connects included um, the, the only yeah, the only thing really mentioning, uh, sorry, worth mentioning, um, is going to be the games themselves. Um, the actual consoles, yes, yeah, so, I mean, apart from the, the sort of the Blu-ray element of the, uh, the the PS3, there's not really a vast amount of difference b- between the two. Um, but as to what they can both do, you know, what's been introduced, I think it's been, uh, you know, a fairly sort of productive kind of five or six years or so that they've been out you know there's been a lot of sort of leaps in games um, as to what the sort of standard is 
Um, and to be honest, I think it's really, really set a good stage for what's to come with the, the next uh, generation of games. Um, sort of hardware-wise, I don't think... So. I mean, Sony went sort of as far as the, the eye and the move. Xbox, Sony really went with the Kinect. Um, so, I mean, there haven't been many sort of like accessories, like hardware accessories that have really sort of revolutionised anything. Um, but on the whole, I think it's been really, really good. I mean, it's the, the, from, you know, if you look at sort of when the, the 360 was sort of first um, launched, as to what was, you know, um, I, I mean, I'm only using sort of the Xbox here as, as, the, as it's the one I use uh, the most. Um, but, I mean, the, the amount of changes that have happened um, from when it was first... I, I can't even remember what the original dashboard used to look like. But now it's... Although it's a bit sort of clogged up with shit apps and stuff now, um, up until the sort of the, the latest Connect update, um, as the dashboard was then, that was really, really good. And I think it's it's kind of... It peaked about six months ago, as in sort of like new and original sort of content for, you know, anything really. And as it's now sort of coming towards the... Uh, the end of the generation there's, there's no real need to sort of do anything groundbreaking or you know anything brand new because that's that's what will launch your console as soon as you start selling it to people yeah. so I, I think on the whole the amount of fantastic games that have been launched um, with the current generation um, I mean I'm not going to go into them now um, you know it'll take too much time but there have been some absolutely amazing titles and as you know, I mean, even, even if you just look at the sort of progression of the last sort of ten or fifteen years, it's phenomenal as to how far things have actually come. And to think about what it's going to be in the next ten to fifteen years, I, I, I genuinely can't sit here and predict what what is going to come out. Yeah. I mean, th- there is going to be some utterly amazing stuff, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, glad I had both a, a 360 and a PS3 for this generation um, and I, I, I assume I'll probably get both of them again in next when they're PS4 definitely um, but the Xbox One when it's at, at a slightly better price um, but yeah I, I'm really excited to uh, to see what comes out next but as for now I think it's been really good definitely worth the money that everyone spent on it um, definitely worth the hype for a lot of them as well mm. and uh, overall I think it's just been a lot of fun a lot of fun. I think it's really, really um, set gaming up as kind of like a mainstream uh, sort of, you know, sort of like uh, th- there's going to be games that are going to take longer to make than, you know, movies and they're going to look better and feel better and yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this generation and I, I'm really looking forward to uh, how things are going to turn out. I think it's done a, a really good job. I can agree right. with that. I can agree with that. Good, good. I hope you would do. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, question number nine. Uh, we're almost there. Uh, what is your most current game purchase, and why? Um, my current game purchase is Adventure Time. Hey, Ice King, uh-huh. why'd you steal our garbage? Um, reason why. I've recently started watching Adventure Time, and it is fucking awesome. So I went and tracked it down and picked it up reasonably cheap. But um, that's pretty... Oh, I'm not sure when that came out. Actually. I think it was last year. 
But other than that, my most recent purchase is The Last of Us. Doesn't really need a reason why. Um, yeah. Up until the latest GTA trailer, it was my game of the year. Um, obviously, until GTA 5 comes out, then it still actually is my game of the year. But um, no. Adventure Time on the DS and Last of Us for the PS3. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pretty solid choices, I'd say. Uh, well, each have their own fan base. Um, obviously, I believe Last of Us may have sold more than Adventure Time. But <laughs> yeah, possible, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, your least favourite console. Least favourite? I'd say probably the PSP. Really? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I got it, I, I bought it. it, it wasn't straight away. It, it would have been quite a while after it came out, but it was still about 200 quid when I bought it. And it was just underwhelming, really. I mean, I bought a few games for it. Um, I got Crisis Core, possibly the only redeeming feature of it that I can think of that I've had. Um, but it, it, the graphics weren't great. I mean, compared to, like, say, I got, for example, um, uh, 007 from Russia with Love and the majority of the missions have been taken out like the driving missions had all been taken out because obviously it couldn't handle it uh, the graphics weren't very good um, I the don't port. like the sort of sorry the, the graphics for from Russia with Love on the console equivalent weren't that great anyway <laughs> no but you, you can you can tell you can tell it would have been better um, but there's a lot of games a lot of different games that I've played for the PSP and the only one that I can think of that really does actually look quite good is Crisis Core it, I, I mean, I'm sure there are more but there's certainly not ones that I've played on there. Um, I don't know I mean I, I still had that for the PS3 though so obviously it wouldn't be as good as that one so yeah I'd, I'd so, buy them um, play them at the same time well relatively because the PSP version came out quite bad but I was still playing Little Big Planet PS3 when I got Little Big Planet on, uh, on the PSP and it wasn't as good, but it was still really, really good. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, like I say, I'm pretty sure I mentioned in one of the other podcasts, I mean, I've had it in a drawer for about three years, and I, I just haven't even turned it on. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I lost the charger, so I couldn't even if I wanted to, but I've got absolutely no interest in, in sort of restarting it back up again, which is, again, which is why I'm not interested in the Vita, because... As good as they're probably going to be, and as I'm sure as a lot of people liked it, it still won't be as good as the PS3. Obviously. Obviously. It won't, but that's the thing. I mean, if it's supposed to be a go-between, no. I just, I mean, I remember I took it to to a place I was working to play uh, a a game sort of like over, kind of a multiplayer, like an over over the internet multiplayer. I genuinely can't remember what it is now, but it's probably just some sort of like Tekken or something like that, you know, some sort of fighting game. But it, it's just there's nothing been exclusive for it apart from, like I say, Crisis Core that I, you know, I got because I was a huge and am still a huge um, Final Fantasy VII fan. Um, but other than that, that there's not been anything that's come out on the the PSP that I've even been remotely interested in. Um, I mean, the only other thing I could probably think of would be Peace Walker. I was going to say Peace Walker. Yeah, but how long after? True, but it it would have been it's the HD collection, though, isn't it? So it would have been yeah. revamped as well. So it would be better for a console rather than a handheld. So if I was to get a handheld to play a handheld full time, I would probably get like a DS 
a, uh, like a three DS or something like that because that is that it, it just makes sense. I don't know why, but See, it's Nintendo. It's comfortable. As much I like as, the screens, you know. As much as I want a Vita, and I will pick up a Vita at some point, with, whether with a PS4 or on its own. Yeah, I want a 3DS purely for Pokemon. Well, that's it. But I mean, that again, that's that's an exclusive to that, isn't it? Yeah. But for the for the PSP, I don't know if it's going to be any different for the Vita. But for the PSP, the, the, there's no like there's no titles that are already so well established that I'd want to go out and buy one. It just uncharted. Go what was an uncharted for the Vita? Yeah, purely uh, Golden Abyss. Oh, well, that's a standalone, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's fine, but I don't know. I've got. One, two, and three, and I like those for the, the PS3. But I don't know. It's still out of out of every console I've ever owned or probably played. It, it's probably the most just underwhelming, and I wouldn't say disappointing. But I just didn't really play it. I, I didn't um, click to it at all. I didn't really like I it. Any problem with it was other than I mean, to be fair, like I said, it was a massive selection of AAA games, but. My biggest problem with it was it only had one analog. Yeah, that was a bit weird. I didn't really like because it, it was like a flat analog stick as well. Wasn't yeah, it's it? a knob. Yeah, and that's it. Didn't really feel comfortable to hold. It felt like my fingers were still going to slip off every time. You know, I was sort of moving to the left or whatever. It would just sort of flick back. And <laughs> yeah, it didn't really feel comfortable in my hand. Not as like cause a, a DS or a 3DS. They feel just dead comfortable and like. Ergonomically, they just they make sense in your hand, just like an old Game Boy does. But this, it was just kind of I don't know. It was just a weird shape, and th- th- there wasn't enough about it for me to just say, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to play this more. Like I say, I haven't touched it in years, and I've, I've, I take it around with me, like when I move and stuff. But I doubt it's going to get played, if at all. You know, very much. Well, there's not going to be any new games out. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I've still got Crisis Court. I still haven't finished that. So that's still something to do with it. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but yeah, as for the, for the most sort of disappointing or most underused one, yeah, definitely the PSP for me. That's that's going to be the one. Um, and on a kind of a similar note, actually, for your uh, your your final question, this is kind of a bit like a two in one. So I would like you to sort of answer for, for the both of them as well. But which consoles and games? Would you choose to kill, marry, and avoid? Oh, um, as it's a two question in one, do you want me to put on a persona for the other one? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> but, <laughs> Why not? So, what, what's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> you just do what you just want to do a persona. You don't even care about what you're talking about. <laughs> right. So, which consoles? And which games, um, you know, not together, or one or the other, both of them, would you choose to kill, marry, and avoid? So, kill, you definitely want to, you just want to wipe out all trace of it ever existing. Marry, you know, something you'd happily play forever and ever, you know, until the day you die. And avoid, um, however you want to take avoid, really, you know, as to whether you're something that you're aware of it, but you have absolutely no interest in, uh, in sort of going there. Or, as to whether you've played it, used it, and you just really don't want anything to do with it ever again? Um, answering as Callum, uh, consoles would kill the Sega Saturn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would marry my... I'd marry an N64. 
I thought you were going to go PS3 there, I'll be honest. I, I, it was someone in Ireland. I made, can I have an affair? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh, oh, I'm torn. I loved my N64. Really loved my PS3. But I loved my original Xbox, my Carter. Mm. Can well, I you said, have... Like you said, I've got Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2 for my PC now, so... Oh, yeah, but that's not a, P- that's not a console... Can I marry a Sony Xbox 64? You can do, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find one. <laughs> um, no, PS3. I'm going to say PS3. Right, so you're going to marry the PS3? I'm marry a PS3, and I'm going right. to void Ouya. What? The Ouya. It's an Android console, like home console, but it's Android Oh, right. No, I'd never even heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty poor name. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's what I'd avoid. Um, so I'd kill Sig Saturn, I'd marry my PS3, and I would avoid Ouya. Um, as games, I've decided I'm not going to do a Persona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was looking forward to it now. All right, then. Um, as game, for games, as the Persona... Heard up, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if you couldn't understand the name, it was Herbert Harry. <laughs> I'll bring up what that is. Oh, I don't know. I've made a book. Oh, uh, right. Okay. <laughs> as Herbert Harry, I'd, uh... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh I'm going to try doing that without it being so perverted. What game would I kill? Um... Ooh. <coughs> oh, <laughs> I need a lozenger. Uh, <laughs> I would kill. Um, for games, I'd kill um, Alpha Protocol. I'd marry. Ooh, Knights of the Old Republic. Nice. And I would avoid Naughty Bear. Ooh, I yeah, also I would always... insist that I started off as kind of like a Cornish. Uh, farmer, um, and I have since gone off to sound a little bit like. If you're listening, viewers, and you know who I sound like, <laughs> I actually <laughs> sound a bit like if Sean Connery and Terry Wogan had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Terry Wogan, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have more from Herbert Harry next week. <laughs> No, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. He won't be back. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone is listening and would like to hear more from Terry Wogan... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeremy Paxson's going to go off his tits. Um, <laughs> following that bombshell, um, your final question, um, which I, I've realised I have kind of already asked, so, off the top of my head... You can well, change it last minute, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to change it. Um, right, your final question. What game have you been most disappointed with? I would say the game I've been most disappointed with is Brink. Ah, oh, fuck yes. Because I was so hyped when I saw the trailer for that. It was like, kind of Team Fortress 2 kind of, you know, mm. um, all these sort of different, like sort of dead skinny guys with dead fast and then like huge massive guys who carry big guns 
and everyone was sort of like parkouring around, and there was all these kinds of crazy weapons and everything, and it just looks insane. And then I bought it, and it was shit. I was just like, oh god, I just spent like 35 fucking quid on this. I, Jesus I, Christ. I actually remember when you bought that, and the same day you bought Brink, I bought L.A. Noir. Oh, uh, what a tragic mistake that yeah. was. And I, remember, I actually remember you trying to um, find some reason as to why you, you chose Brink over L.A. Noir. Yeah, I you, can't. I still can't think. You couldn't think of one. <laughs> it is just... It is... It's another another perfect example of why you shouldn't trust a trailer. Yeah. Especially if it's not gameplay footage. Because it was so different as to what I expected it to be. They they made it out like it was just this beautiful free roam. Kind of like Mirror's Edge, but with... um, But with, like, guns and turrets and stuff. Sort of like if you mix Team Fortress Two and Mirror's Edge together, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. And it was shit. It was it was nothing like either of them. See, I I uh, I didn't I didn't buy it because of the poor review you gave it. Um, and when uh, sadly, Game, the UK um, game specialist closed down. Um, no, it was closing down. Sorry, they didn't close in the end. Yeah, they're still hanging on. Yeah, uh, but when when it was up in the air, they had this massive sale, and you could pick up games for like stupid cheap. Um, and I ended up buying Brink for like three pound. And I gotta wish I had spent that much for it. I <laughs> I literally bought I I must have bought like ten games. Um, some of them they just gave away, like Brink. They were standing at the door, saying, "Have it." And there were people like, oh, I don't want it. No, just take it. I don't want it. And then they'd be chasing down the street. Like, just trying to put it, yeah, I'll give you gamer points on a card <laughs> that you can't use ever again. Well, <laughs> um, I, I literally got home, and it was one of the first ones I put on. And I'm, I think I maybe played it for 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I was annoyed that when it comes to the start and you, you get to customise your character... You get a choice of like a bald head or a bandana, and then everything else is locked, and then <laughs> you know, like a t-shirt or a vest, and everything else is locked. And it's like, well, that's not really customising, but whatever. And then come yeah. to playing, and I don't know what the fuck was going on, and the the element where you could just run at something, and then you'd automatically jump over, or you'd automatically go under, didn't work. Um, no, it's supposed to be like this seamless parkour where you just literally just press run and point yourself wherever you wanted to go. Yeah. And it would like you'd point yourself at the wall and then when you hit the wall you'd look up at the like the barrier and then you'd jump onto that and then flip over it and it just, it just didn't happen like that at all. And like it was it was like the, the story mode was just like these sort of like individual kind of like Left 4 Dead. It was just like an individual level that kind of hinted towards the story. And then it was just the same objective on every single map. At least and Left 4 Dead was fun, though. Yeah, and I, I definitely get people together and say, let's play a bit of Left 4 Dead 2 or whatever, and just blow some zombies away. But it was just it was just so bad, and I really, really wish I hadn't spent, like, 35 quid on it. Um, I think I got it on the day of release, or at least a day or two afterwards. It was pretty much as soon as it came out, and I got it, because I'd, tra- I'd watched the trailer so many times... And I just thought this is going to be amazing, 
and because it, it was just like it was at that sort of time where sort of like parkour was like really sort of like mainstream and everyone was going on about it. And um, yeah, Christ, it was it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't awful. It wasn't like a bad game. It was no, it just. Was. No, no, I still think it was, if, if it hadn't have been anywhere near as hyped up as it, um, as it had have been, and if the trailers they'd shown had been actual gameplay, I, I might have still bought it, but it wouldn't have been with the expectations, and it certainly wouldn't have been for 35 quid, um, but it wouldn't have been with the ex- expectations that I had when I bought it. One um, thing I'd like to mention, actually, just on a subject of shit games. Yeah. <laughs> I... I got sent Child of Eden to review. Um, oh, yeah, the uh, music thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I remember, obviously, you come to play it, and played it in normal 2D mode. And Oh, Christ, yeah. It's not a very, I forgot I played that. It's not a very good game. No, it's not. It's terrible. But when you put it on in 3D, it turns into a brilliant game. Yeah, but that's that's in the same way that Avatar is a great movie in 3D. But then as soon as you take away the 3D element, it's just like, wait a minute, this is actually a shit film. What the fuck? No, but as soon as you make it 3D and it looks amazing, it sort of overrules the fact that it's just a pointless film. Yeah, yeah, actually, with... I mean, Avatar... I don't hate Avatar, to be fair. It's not a god-awful film, but... Uh, putting it aside. Child of Eden, it was... I remember sat playing it from a, when I had to review it. Um, and I was thinking, I'm so glad I didn't pay for this. But <laughs> I actually ended up changing the review um, after playing it in 3D. And then when you came and played it, um, you, you basically had the same assumptions where this is pretty shit. And then flicked it onto 3D. And still not amazing. Um but yeah, it just it redeems it a little bit. Yeah, and I'm not saying 3D would have made Brink any better, but <laughs> fucking Christ, no. But with what what you were saying in the thing, that if it hadn't got the hype that it had, it yeah, I I went in expecting something that it wasn't. Yeah, and if they'd have been sort of more honest with it or more truthful, or maybe if, even if I'd looked into it more than I had done, then. Maybe I would have bought it. Certainly not when it came out. But I would have known what I've been buying. Yeah. And like I could have been like, actually, no, I'm not really into that. But it's just like, well, it's got some sort of parkour elements and there's, you know, sort of turret buildings and you've got to advance and all that. And I'd be like, no, it'll be all right for sort of, you know, a bit of online, you know, about 15, 20 quid push, 20 quid. Um, but I certainly, I would, I was expecting it to be so different. I was so disappointed when. Um, I say that, actually. Yeah. I actually retract that last statement because I paid £3 for it and I thought it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Well, I still I haven't played it in... Three years. <laughs> I've still got it in the, my lovely box of games, but it certainly has not been played. Um, so that's a pound for every year. For me, <laughs> yeah, you're still working off the interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's got quite a few years before it's managed to pay its own way here. Um, no, I'd agree with you for for bring. It's pretty, sh- 
pretty full. Um, but on that note, um, we still don't have another catchphrase, so we will stick with the proven amazing. Have a good week and do what you do. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs>